This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to Goodfellas Minute 25. <laughs> I know I'd go from rags to riches If you would only say you Hey, welcome to Goodfellas Minute, the only podcast that analyzes the Martin Scorsese film Goodfellas one annoyed minute at a time. I'm Ron Richards, and joining me are Josh Flanagan. Hello. And Connor Kilpatrick. How you doing? 
And also joining us to round out the week is Mr. Tom Merritt, the host of the Daily Tech News Show and Sword and Laser and Cord Killers and Current Geek and other many wonderful things. How you doing, Tom? Uh, what do you want me to do about it? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, speaking of that, uh, Minute 25 starts with Paulie uh, trying to explain to Sonny that they don't listen. <laughs> and, uh, and it ends with Sonny continuing to beg Polly for help. Well, it's funny because I, I, on my notes, I always have a little thing at the top, what, what, a note saying what the beginning and the end of the minute is. And I have Sonny complaining, Sonny begging. <laughs> I'm begging you here. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so this continues the aftermath of the scene at the restaurant where Sonny now has come to Polly for help. And we get to see Henry is actually there. And well, we'll just get right to it. I wish I had Henry's shirt. <laughs> that's a great that shirt come on look at it thing to start with but i'm not surprised we're starting with it it's a great shirt and like we talked about yesterday so henry is sporting a blue striped you know kind of with the wide collar but it's open Knit. and you see his undershirt he's wearing an, a, a gold chain but with a cross not an italian horn because uh-huh. he's half he's half italian yeah it's uh it's henry hill leisure wear not far yeah. off from like don draper leisure wear yeah oh but uh uh, slightly more authentic feeling, I feel like. It's, it's probably a little more down market, if I'm going to be honest. It's glorious. If I could have that shirt, I would wear it every day. It's and you would wear it like that. <laughs> it's quite colorful yeah. for, for these folks. I tend Were to so is this surprised when he popped in? Like, And, and maybe it's because I'm watching it minute by minute instead of just sitting back. But I, I was sort of like, oh, he, Henry's there. Wow. Well, he, okay. I don't know if you know this. He's the protagonist of the film. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> It, wait, is he? I mean, we're only 24 minutes in. I think it's a little earlier <laughs> to be making that it. kind of joke. So, I mean, <laughs> not for long. Well, we find we find out why Henry's there, basically. Yeah. Was this was this whole thing a scam to set up to get Polly in under the restaurant? Well, no. uh, my my thought is that I don't mean from Tommy's perspective, but no, I think that I think that Polly knows everything that's happening here. Polly is completely aware of what he's going to say, of what's going to happen, of what of every single thing. Well, from, from, my, from my reading of, of the movie and the book, they're constantly on the lookout for ways to scam money out of people. And Sonny is certainly somebody they would do that for. So, and then here in this minute, Sonny basically references to Henry that this is the thing we talked about. I think Henry saw in the fight an opportunity and convinced Sonny that he should bring Polly in, right, knowing he, this would make the crew more money. But he also well, would have gone to Polly ahead of time and said, here's the thing we're going to do. Well, no, unless it happened. I mean, because Sonny makes – Sonny says something in this minute that I, has always bothered me, like for years. And he, he says, Tommy taking over this restaurant would be horrible. And so is right. it the fact that Tommy owes so much money that now when he pays it, he's going to buy – he's going to own the – like why, why is Tommy involved in the ownership of the – like that, that's – like these he, – basically Sonny's going to Paulie asking him to come in as a co-owner of the restaurant so it's protected – so, so it's you know like like as a way to block Tommy from more like I don't understand that you know. So Tommy's debt functions as a sort of hostile takeover. Yeah, r- exactly. It's so much money that when he pays it, he's going to own the joint. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Is that what they mean when they say leveraging debt? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I'm it's lost. a lot. Of- I don't. I don't know. But I don't know. I think. I think that realistically, that it was just the actor talking. Yeah. I, I have a. a- Practical reasoning for that, but we can get to that after we talk about the many great poly faces. <laughs> well, just before um, before we get to because we are going to get to that, and he's going to get his due. It's fine, but I want to go ahead and give Sonny credit here for an amazing tirade of dialogue, yeah. and he yeah. just goes on and on. Just, he says so many words in his minute. 
Well, okay, let's. Right, but, 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 we're gonna we're gonna jump ahead. Let's, that's fine. Let's get, talk you about get, it. You get fantastic phrases like "arch criminal" uh, with the previously mentioned Lamis. He's, yep. he's not a fence jumper. He's not a fence jumper. You know him. <laughs> you know me, right? No, you. Why do you know from me? I know. Not a fence jumper. And, so, ugh. one of the things people love about this minute that we love is that Paul Sorvino's faces are wonderful. He's he's completely exasperated by uh, Sonny in this scene. Yes. And the reason for that, and we talked about this before, earlier in the week, is that. Scorsese used a lot of tricks in this film to really get authentic performances. And one of those tricks was he had Anthony Borghese, a.k.a. Tony Darrow, improvise this scene. Well, there was obviously bullets they had to hit, but he, he told him to speak more and longer than he is supposed to and don't let Polly get a word in. And so part of the reason why Paul Sorvino looks so exasperated is because he's trying to say this dialogue, but this other guy won't shut up. Really? Yes. Wow. That is, that is wonderful. So on the one hand, I got to give the actor a lot of credit, and that, that could be the reason Ron for him misspeaking and, and saying the line about yeah. uh, about uh, Tommy, Tommy coming coming in because yeah. he was basically uh, fighting for his verbal life here to do what Martin Scorsese told him to do. So there, you, there you go. Interesting. Hmm. But a couple of things. One, he calls the Bamboo Lounge classy. It's a classy joint. You've been there. You've seen the layout. Are we? Are we call? <laughs> are we calling it classy? Well, it's, it's got lamps with fringe on it. Well, let's let, let's keep in mind the the tiki. Uh, I don't want to say revival, but the tiki trend of the '60s. They serve Crown Royal, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, but but the the idea of the rise of the tiki, you know, like like so basically, basically let me give you a little history on tiki culture, guys. All right, Please. you want this? You want you want tiki culture minute? Let's go to school. All right, so so. <laughs> In the uh, tiki culture started like in the 30s or so as uh, stuff from Hawaii started coming over. You know, Hawaii wasn't a part of the you know the didn't become a state. Finally arrived. Yeah, no, it didn't become sandwich become... islands. <laughs> exactly, but um, part of it was the the World's Fair in 1939, which took place in California, brought in Polynesian culture to the U.S. and exposed a lot of people to you know the whether it's the the the, the clothes and the fabric or the you know or the 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 food and the drinks and the cocktails and all that sort of stuff. Prior to um, this. Most drinks had a really good chance of being watered down should rain happen. Right. But so anyway, <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> were umbrellas and, and, in drinks before this? Right. <laughs> were no, they? It's, it's fair point. Sure. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah. But yeah, no, so actually in, and in 1937 or so, the first tiki bar in, in, in the continental U.S., Trader Vic uh, in Oakland opened and eventually became a chain and it became, you know, kind of led to tiki themes going throughout the, you know, kind of throughout stuff. You know, it reached as far, you know, as far south as Disneyland. A huge section of Disneyland when it opened was Polynesian themed. There's a Polynesian hotel at Disney World in, in that was built in the 70s. So we're talking about like there was just this craze of tiki that started in the 30s. It died down during World War II. And then once Hawaii became a state in 1959, it kind of resurged. And the 60s were really highlighted by this tiki revival um, as, you know, we as American culture really kind of romanticized it and really kind of did that. So, you know, it's a good chance that this restaurant was seen as a classy joint because it was very trendy. I don't buy it. You don't buy it? I don't buy it. I will. I'll I'll buy it. I want to know what it is about the layout that made it classy. (laughs) You've seen the layout. (laughs) <laughs> if it had been laid out differently, is it a feng, sh- feng shui thing? I don't know. Is, is it, would be, at that time, would people go into restaurants and go, look at how this place is laid out. This is a dump. Let's go. This is, this is a classy joint. Um, well, I feel like there there were dives and there were expensive, high-class restaurants. Yeah. And a classy joint 
was like somewhere in between. And that's where Tiki Bar fits perfectly in the between. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's accessible to the common folk, but also the mobsters like it. Yeah, it's not too white. There was no white linen, white uh, tablecloths, right? You know? I do, I do like that Sonny uh, tries to leverage uh, his relationship with Pauly. Uh, I've known you all my life. I like everything that happens there. It's, <laughs> what could I do? What are you going to do? And then Pauly, oh, you, I'm going to do it. You don't think I do it? I'm not going to do it. And it was do it, and I do just repeated yep. ad infinitum, and it was wonderful. And there's and there's the moment where Pauly is visibly annoyed and looks to Henry, and it's Best this take in the movie. It's this look of why did you bring this guy to me? Like, what what more do I have to do? Like, it's this uh, this level of annoyance that I can't imagine anybody else do pulling off other than Paul Servino. I think he's putting on a show. The character, yeah, fascinating. I think they're I think they're running a game on Sonny. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a, it's, it's like a, a hustle because, and we're, again, this will be even in the next minute that we talk about it, but what's about to, ha- there's no reason for him to do the thing that's about to happen. Yeah. The, it be- well, you know, I, Sonny I, makes bad choices. Sonny I mean, makes yeah. bad choices. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think it's gotta be, I, I think you might have a point about Henry jumping on the opportunity. Sonny is, I mean, I get the sense that Sonny is fearful for his life now. Yes, yes. He's got to look over both shoulders when he goes out to his car. The only way he, that Tommy's not going to kill him for embarrassing him is if he has Polly's protection. Exactly. So that's why he's got to do it. And yeah. yeah. I mean, that would be why, but he's basically... Yeah. I mean, if Tommy took over the joint, that'd be like a silk hat on a pig. No disrespect, men. <laughs> yeah, that's the best part. Is like, that is no disrespect, but let me say a horrible insult. <laughs> well, but who's being disrespected? The pig? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Hat? Wait, yeah, who is what? Wait, so is the restaurant's the hat <laughs> and Tommy's the pig? No, the no, restaurant no, Tommy's is the, the hat. Sil- no, 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 right, no. You're right, you're right. The restaurant right. is the silk hat. Wow, that metaphor yeah. makes Tommy's no sense. Tommy's the pig. Well, also, how many silk hats do people wear? I feel like oh, it was a back common in the enough day? Back then, a lot of the time. It's a common <laughs> enough hat material. You a, wouldn't be caught dead in a tiki bar without a silk hat. What is a silk hat? Oh, a silk hat is like a top hat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. I What's a hat? That. What's a hat guy? What's a farrier? A, a, a silk a hat is a silk hat is a man's tall cylindrical hat covered with black black silk plush. Kind of thing you wear to a classy joint. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You seen? It's the, <laughs> oh. kind of, it's the kind of layout that lets those hats in. This line is a lot funnier now that it's a pig wearing a top hat. <laughs> for me, I thought it was like a silk hat. It was like a floppy, almost like a Kangol, like up- cab driver hat. No, no, no. <laughs> no, those are wool. Beret. Oh, yeah, beret. You know, something, because so, I don't really see silk as having a lot of form. You know, it's kind of very, it, it, it drapes. Yeah, you're wrapped, you've wrapped the hat. <laughs> now, so here's the thing. It's does a pig with a top hat. Does the hat bring up the value of the pig or does the pig bring down the value of the hat and that's really the question here I still it's not a good metaphor it's not a well thought through metaphor yeah I'm gonna eat the pig I don't care if it's got a hat <laughs> then a Polynesian restaurant is the perfect place for that <laughs> well true yeah the pork it's all yeah. <laughs> that's why it's a classy joint when they bring out the pig roast he's got a hat on yeah Ooh, it's a classy joint <laughs> is that a Cavendish apple? <laughs> I'm sorry. That oh, pig's man. wearing a baseball cap. I can't eat her. Yeah. I can't eat her. <laughs> I love that metaphor. Oh, it's great. Is that pig in a driver's cap? I'm sorry. We don't want this table anymore. <laughs> but, but, but what I like, what I like, and I feel bad, and I feel that Tom is going to miss it because it's, it's not till next week with the next minute, but uh, Sonny is teetering on the edge. 
Yeah. Yes. Like he is he I mean he's inching ever closer. He's trying to make the point that that Tommy's a bad guy and he's teetering on the point of going too far and and not to spo- spoiler warning, he does go too far next then we'll talk about that next week. But it's just like to see he keeps pushing and keeps pushing and Henry just is of the three of them Henry is cool as a cucumber. Always. Henry circumspect yeah. through the whole movie. Yeah. Well, he, he, he knows what's coming now. He knows that he that talk that Sonny's so desperate he's going to give up a piece to Polly. He knows exactly what Polly's going to do when he so gets that piece. So the whole pieces. thing is orchestrated. Yeah, Josh, I think you're right. You you've changed the scene for me. This yeah. Is, yeah, this, this is a complete This yeah. is what they did. They were good at it. Yeah. They're running games. This is what I said. I said they he saw this was going to be an opportunity to scam money out of Sonny and that's what they do. That's what they 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 take they took it from him. What Henry Henry's throwaway line of tell him what we talked about doesn't exactly. make any sense. Like, why would Henry go and collude with Sonny? No, no, because this is what happens. So, so, Except, he, so right, see, yeah, exactly. You're right. I'm sorry, Tom. Go on. No, that's all I'm saying. Like, there's no other explanation for him to do that unless he's also running the game. Yeah, he's real. He's realized that Tommy could like likely kill Sonny. This is an opportunity for me to get another business or something to do over. And so he pulls him aside and goes, "Hey, listen." You know how like how much of this was fueled by Henry going? Listen, Tommy's gonna swack you unless you get probably a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 the Frenchie deal. It's every deal. He he just he sets it up and then everybody people other people do it and he gets his cut. Wow. Little does he know. Little does he know that it's not in the movie really, but the same thing's gonna happen to him. Well, Well, if you if you if you if you read Wise Guy, like that's really de-emphasized in the movie how much of a deal maker Henry Hill was. Yeah. yeah, you know how much he was really good at chasing that money and and sort of putting those things together and finding the angle. Well, we've talked about that before. They they were just always hustling. I mean, you got to respect the work ethic of the uh, if if the mafia existed, you'd have to respect the work ethic. Well, right. right. Well, well, I mean, minus the violence. Yeah. Well, and the fact, <laughs> minus the the illegal the, the illegalness of it. But. Well, and also just the utter unfairness to anybody else who ever did anything honestly. It's just well, using work. But they're putting in the work to be dishonest. They're right. I mean, it's America here. It's a land of opportunity. The, again. That's how you get ahead. But also, you know, regular schmucks on the street tend to not get shot. That good government bullshit. Right. Yeah. I, I just say, you got, I, think you, I think, Tom, I think you're with me here, right? You got to respect it. I mean, I mean there's, there's a work ethic to respect. I mean, maybe Absolutely. it's put in the wrong direction that's for that's for moralists and philosophers to judge <laughs> we're just talking about work you're ethic. now you're now going with a laissez-faire attitude on <laughs> in a free market <laughs> <laughs> all right well so uh, uh anything else in this minute any other observations i mean sonny is perceptive and he does know that the only person he really has to fear is tommy so yeah you have to give him a little credit he knows yeah. where the danger is mm. I gotta find something here for Sonny. Like a right. like a rodent. also also, I'm fairly certain in this whole film, Sonny curses the most per capita. Oh, all right, fuck time. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa! All right, <laughs> suddenly the show changed. Wow! <laughs> I wish I had a face. Uh, I could just. So, <laughs> I love how you this. waited to uh, spring this on me on the final episode. <laughs> it's, I like how we really ramped up the stakes on the fuck every Tom, single episode. How, how uh, open minded would you say you were? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's for philosophers and moralists to judge, Connor. That's so, one of those callbacks we were talking about. So uh, Friday's fuck count is four. It's low for the. Oof. It's the same number as Monday, but it's low for the week. But uh, that brings the weekly total to twenty nine, <gasps> and the total total in minute twenty five to forty four. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So we've we almost jumped up to two per minute at this point. We that did is we, amazing. Did we, 
Did we double the output this week from the? Well, last week? week's total was fifteen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. So we're at forty-four now. All right. Are, that, are we, we doubled this? This week That's was double the total. Like, we're gonna talk about a work ethic. Yeah. yeah right. They put. Well, they what put happened was we in. got Sunny and Sunny and Tommy joined the movie. So there you go. Yeah. yeah. So there's your fuck count for the week. You gotta respect it. You gotta respect the language. Oh, I almost forgot. I'm sorry. My fun fact for the episode. So now that Polly's the restaurant business. The common stat you hear about restaurants is that 9 out of 10 fail in the first year. But this figure was called into question from a 2003 study by a professor at Ohio State University who found that only 26% of restaurants fail in their first year. But then 19% in their second year, 14% in their third year. So about 60% of restaurants fail in their first three years, at least according to this professor's study. Was there any correlation with uh, those restaurants being involved in organized crime? No, as fronts for mafia, we don't have that statistic. I'm going to guess Plus, that that changes the stats dramatically. Possibly, yes. I, I like the leeway we're getting with these fun facts, by the way. Yeah, yeah, you can well, tell what it is. As I said, this whole week was basically one and a half scenes. I think eventually <laughs> so, just be like, here's some stuff about bats. No reason. <laughs> well, you know. I like bats. <laughs> it, could have, it might come to that. Oh, we have man. another long scene where nothing happens. Uh, at least nothing changes. All right. Well, we got some work to do today because, uh, as you, as our listeners know, that uh, you can go to uh, Patreon.com/gfm where you can support the show, where you can sign up to become a patron of Goodfellas Minute. We thank everybody who's done it. But our loyal Patreon, Patreon, uh, Tom, do you call them Patreons or patrons? I say patrons. Yeah, yeah. yeah which would be weird. the right thing. Yeah, that's our, boss. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're they're your bosses. They are. Yeah. But our our loyal patrons uh, who pledge five dollars or more a month. One of their perks that they get from it is that uh, we will give you a mob nickname. And this week uh, we're, we're excited to, to d- bestow our first nickname on our first patron. Connor, who is the, who is the lucky gentleman? First patron was Luke Bat, B-A-T-T. Amazing. And uh, now on the show we will decide his mob nickname. And I'm going to propose, well, my first inclination was Lukey Bats, but that's, that's not his name. His name is Bat. So I'm thinking Baseball Bat. Yeah, but that's that's that, that's so. Um, Lukey ab- baseball bat abstract. L- Lukey baseball. I just call him Lukey baseball. I yeah, like you that. could. I mean, that's I what they would call him. It's a little that's short too, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's Lukey baseball. Yeah, Lukey baseball. And you leave the bat off because everyone knows that's his last name. I know, but we're gonna have to. You're gonna list well, him that, on the page. That just Lukey brings baseball us to bat. Luke balls. Yeah. Unless, unless, unless his weapon of choice as a made man is a brick bat. All right. Well. <laughs> Well, Tom, as our, as our guest this week, pick a final name for Luke. You know, I, I like Lukey Baseball. That just sounds right. There you yeah, go. Lukey Baseball. All right, All Lukey right. Baseball, we thank you for your support. Yes, and if you see Lukey Baseball coming down the street, you're going to want to cross. You don't want to get in Lukey Baseball's way. Nah, so. you got Louisville Slugger painted all over your face then. <laughs> all right, well, that wraps up. this guy. <laughs> well, that wraps it up for Minute 25. Uh, Tom, thank you for joining us for this entire week. We really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me, you guys. This was really fun. I'm honored you included me. Excellent. And so uh, if people want to keep keep in touch with you, they can find you at your website, right? Yeah, TomMerritt.com collects everything together or just look for me on Twitter, AceDetect, A-C-E-D-T-E-C-T. And as, as someone who also produces a daily podcast, uh, we respect your work ethic as well with the Daily hey, thanks. Show, man. You, you do, Everybody into the pool. Yeah, you do a lot more than, than we do on that I, show. I so. think you really want to make sure that your uh, tech infrastructure is strong for the bump you're going to get from this. <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah. 
I really, I think you call the team in. That. Call them in. Call the emergency team in. I'm gonna pull in a p people for the Lukey baseball bump. Yeah, I would. I mean, just like literally, like, check all the physical wires for one thing. Just make sure because they could they could burn. Is that plugged in? Wait, is that? Hold on. Are you gonna charge me insurance? <laughs> Well, it'd be a real shame. Listen, this burned down. It'd be a real shame if your podcast empire fell apart. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's a real nice microphone you got there. I can hear it. <laughs> Sounds good, doesn't it? It'd be a it'd real shame, shame if something was to happen to it. Unplugged. <laughs> Listen, this is stereotypical, and as an Italian, I'm offended. <laughs> That's why you're here, so we can do that. All you're right. The cover. You're, you're, you're Ron the cover Richards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Real <right>. baseball shit. <laughs> so before anything bad happens to Tom Merrick, go follow follow him on Twitter and, on, and download his podcast. And thanks again, Tom, for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, you guys. It's great. Cool. So uh, tune in on Monday for minute number twenty six, which is a very exciting minute as we get to see more exasperated Pauly. Oh. But until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Goodfellows Min and on Instagram and Facebook at Goodfellows Minute. And of course, go to GoodfellowsMinute.com where you can find all the all the episodes and links to subscribe and all that stuff. Although if you've already found us, you probably already figured that out. Um, as I mentioned, go to patreon.com slash GFM to support the show or go to goodfellowsminute.com slash support where you can uh, click the Amazon link. And if you've got a question for us, you can email us at contact at goodfellowsminute.com. And as always, we want to remind you to go check out our sister site iFanboy.com for our weekly comic book podcast, if that's your thing. And of course, we want to tip our hat and show some respect to our uh, the godfathers of the format, uh, the guys over at Star Wars Minute. Go to StarWarsMinute.com. Check out their podcast. So until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. I'm, I'm, I'm Josh Guy. Or will I go from rags to return? My fate is on.